what a fun way to start 2020. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And welcome to this super extra special start of the year wrap-up review of 2019 and the past 10 years. (laughs) We've got (laughs) something going on here. I, I always find it funny, just media in general, how quickly the internet shifts from the holiday season to the New Year's, like next year resolution meme past 10 year type things. Because yeah. uh, I've been I've been uh, out of my place for the last uh, 10 days uh, traveling for the holidays, seeing family, and I'm catching up with memes uh, the best I can. And uh, it seems like all the holiday memes are gone and we're on to the New Year's memes. Uh, the 2019 memes are, are long gone because once you hit January 1st, 2019 is old news. So now I'm seeing it all like 2020 hindsight jokes. Oh, uh, I saw yeah. I saw somebody on Twitter that they they said that they laid claim to the joke of uh, when 2020 rolls around and I wear the 2020 glasses, only I'm allowed to make the joke that I have 2020 vision and he retweeted a tweet he had from 2015. So some people were really serious about this year and the jokes that might Jesus. come with, uh, with the two succinct numbers that's, right after each that's other. That's funny. Cause I spent my last day of 2019 at the eye doctor, Mike. So I, mean, <laughs> I was, I was trying to go for the literal sense and, and you know, didn't, didn't, didn't oh, nearly God. pan out as well this joke, so yeah, we'll we'll do our best not to dive into the yeah. U.S. healthcare system, but that actually is like a strategic thing that Americans have to do of get in before the year ends, or because once the new year rolls around, you got like new deductibles yeah. and all that nonsense. So uh, yeah, the wife and I did some did some similar things. Uh, I had uh, some brief uh, patch up dental work before the end of the year, so uh, we did it. We got our adult things out of the way. So not only do we have the new year to look forward to, which seems to be a very positive year overall, like people have positive vibes. And I honestly think it's just as simple as humans like two round numbers next to each other. I do. You know, I, I love it. You, I go squared well, even. Yeah. I mean, like uh, 2018 was an even number, but I didn't really see people like, oh, yeah, no, this is going to be the year. But people love the start of the new decade. They love these two numbers that fit on your face well for parties. So everyone's in a very positive mood, which I really like. It, you know, I feel like I'm really vibing from what I'm seeing on the internet, except mm. for the people that are doing that, like the the decade challenge type deal. Because like most uh, memes or trends that have you reflect on the past, it's usually people just bragging. So it's just like, oh, well, in 2009, I lived in a ditch and I ate mud. And now it's 2020 and I live in a penthouse and I, you know, I eat money for lunch. So it's just like, I try to avoid those a little too humble braggy for me. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. I also don't do the photos of like my top nine of the year. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care enough <laughs> to, to do that. I'm glad people do enjoy it and you can have your little things and have fun with that. But I'm like, I, I don't want to go back. Well, uh, man, there's even an extra flex to the top nine thing because I've noticed that there must be a uh, a setting to those uh, top nine generators where you can put how many like likes each one has had. So oh, like, Lord. you know, if you have if you have enough followers out there, you'll flex and you'll show like, oh, well, this is my top nine. But unlike your pedestrian top nine, I've had 10,000 plus likes on my top nine. So it's uh, that that's all social media is a flex. Oh, man. Well, 
I just want to say, Mike, I had a lot of people reach out to us after our last episode we recorded and ask, are we still friends? <laughs> I just want to say, yes, we're still friends. Oh my God, Star Wars seems like a million years away it by does. now. It does. It was, it was last decade. At least last decade. <laughs> That's true. Uh, uh, but yes, me and Mike, we are still friends. At least, you know, I think so. He may say differently, but uh, <laughs> but enough to get back on the show. I, and five years ago, can you imagine half of that 10 years we're about to look back on? We had we recorded our first episode, I think, on the first of the year because we both had it off that year, that, that day. Uh, so we've been doing this show for five years, literally, I think, right now. So uh, it's really weird to think of that, that we did half the decade um, of the yeah. show. Yeah, if I remember correctly, we recorded like an unreleased like pilot just to test yeah. to see if we could talk on microphones. And I don't believe we ever published it. And then I think the very first episode was published like somewhere the, around January, like January, like maybe like, the third week or something yeah, like that. I think No, I think it was like the first Sunday or the first Monday of January, but like the first was like that Tuesday before. So we had like oh. a whole week of, of weird you know, floating around, but well, uh, look at this happy anniversary yeah. to us. Brand new year. Everything's, everything's looking up for 2020. Man, it is coming up Millhouse right now. I'll tell you what. <laughs> just had to get that star Wars movie out of the way. Yeah. So, but yeah, we're here. We're, we're great. I mean, even, even recently as early as this week, this past weekend, I think we were very, like within like 20 minutes of each other at one point, we didn't, we didn't get to see each other, but we were there. So, uh, everything's, everything's brushed back around, but you know, I, we're recording so we want to look back at this year and i tell you what i forgot half these movies were this year already mike yeah That's- nothing <laughs> n- nothing makes you realize how long a year actually is once you look back at the movies that came out in like january and february like it seems like no that was like two years ago right <laughs> yeah, i was like alita battle angel that wow. was this year i was like remember Man. that guy I mean, I, I I feel like I always when when it's been a while since I've talked about a movie, I always try to remember well, what was like my what was like my what was like my main review of the movie, what was like my overall uh, sentiments for it, and I feel like this far removed from it, I just kind of have vague feelings for how I felt about Alita: Battle Angel, and I I I feel like what I'm left with was there was some fun stuff in there, but you know, obviously nothing to latch on to. But the, I believe I I believe I walked out of the theater going. Oh, Oh, I think I'd see a sequel, but I'm not going to I'm not going to protest or raise banners if it never comes out, you know. Well, it it felt like the the actors were good, the the CGI person didn't bother me the whole time, but the ending really just felt hollow. Like there was no stakes really. Like I think at one point there her like her little boyfriend was like I'm gonna go fight this dude he runs up a chain and this falls off into the mist and you never oh, see yeah. him again I'm, that's right and I'm like and then out of nowhere there's this weird Edward Norton cameo he's a guy living in the city above yeah. the, the tower and I'm like which Edward Norton he's like we know who he is and you know you can kind of recognize him by his face you know if you've seen like some maybe Wes Anderson films or if you can remember the very first Hulk movie but he doesn't really have I would say the street cred of like just a face cameo you know yeah yeah well he could maybe i guess i mean the same as you know if christoph waltz is the main you know actor in the in this movie as well what what do we know him for uh, was the tarantino yeah. film yeah, I, I, the Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. I feel like you need like a level of like a Johnny Depp face cameo because when he cameoed in the first Twenty One Jump Street movie, mm-hmm. like it, it was very effective because oh. you know Johnny Depp's face like right like, away, like Brad Pitt in Deadpool Two when he, yes, he exact, was the invisible exact. guy. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that I, I don't remember that Captain Marvel yet again feels like it was forever ago. Um, I've I've revisited this movie I think within the past month or so. 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if you have her yet since since you're on the Disney Plus scene, but um, you know the uh, it's funny because I didn't notice it watching it the first you know couple times in theaters, but um, Nick Fury played by Samuel Jackson, he looks young, but he moves like an old man. Uh, <laughs> they, they they can definitely de-age someone to perfection, but they can't make him move like he's you know. It's it's in the, in 30s it's, and 40s. It's funny that you bring that up. The way humans move are more memorable than you think they're going to be. And I have just a brief anecdote of I was in the airport heading home and I saw somebody that looked familiar uh, that I went to high school with. I, I believe we were one grade removed. It wasn't a person that I particularly hang out with, but it was like a friends of friends situation. So I was aware of this person, but, you know, didn't really hang out too much. But at some point in time, I must have seen this human being walk upright with his two feet in some in some given way because I saw this person at the airport and when I wasn't sure it was him he made a trip back to the bathroom while I was waiting uh, for my plane and I just saw the way he moved and walked and I was like no that's got to be him because that's how I remember him walking and I was like why do I remember the way this almost stranger walks so yeah I'm not surprised that you noticed uh you noticed the the lumbering Samuel L. Jackson yeah yeah and uh, one of the standout characters that um again Talos uh the the, the shapeshifter scroll which i hope uh played by ben mendelson which i hope pops up more uh yeah we got to see him again later in the year with uh spider-man and i totally forgot was the was the sword cameo was that in spider-man or captain marvel uh that was spider-man oh man yeah things get once you once you start talking post credits for movies it's really hard for me to attach them to the original movie i saw them in uh, but yeah, I, I would say my takeaway from Captain Marvel was, all right, let's see what she does next. Mm-hmm. And, uh, end game, I don't think really counts because like, yeah, there's no. so much, there's so much missing there. Her appearance in end game, like many other characters in end game almost just feels like a plussed up cameo, if you will. You know, they, re- they removed her from the fight when it would have been, uh, too easy to solve the problems and they brought her back just in time to, yeah. uh, to punch and, uh, Thanos around. And she didn't have any highlights in infinity war. So, I mean, she's one of these weird characters who just kind of lived in the middle of the movies for a little bit and yeah. I think she's going to get the going forward the um, Wonder Woman treatment where we see her history before we actually see her present oh um, that would be yeah I would be curious to see what they end up doing yeah what, what what did she do in that meantime she was in space before she came back so there's that uh, Shazam was also this year um, the, yeah, the DC we're, movie we're, yeah I remember being we were a little split on that one I was more positive you were a little bit more like meh yeah. Yeah, I'm a little mad. I, I've I've not you know again I've not revisited it. I think uh, since then, so I don't know. I don't like the gray monsters. I will I will tell you that I don't. I remember the gray, like the the greed and envy and whatever the mm-hmm. seven deadly sins monsters, and they looked really not defined. Um, so I I don't remember that. But I I like Mark Strong as the villain, and you know um, Zachary Levi as the full yeah. Shazam was a fun. He's a fun guy. He has a great yeah, time. It, yeah, it's funny. Even though I never watched a Chuck, I feel like I am a big Zachary Levi fan now. Because the only other thing I've really seen him in besides Shazam was he was in the last two seasons of The Marvelous Miss Maisel. He had a much bigger role in the second season, popped back up in the third season. And I, I just really like the guy. He's just he's just really infectious to watch on screen. So I am very much down for more Shazam, however I can get it. Uh, maybe he'll maybe he'll be in the end credits for black adam but we don't have to wait too much longer after black adam to see shazam and shazam 2 again so uh yes still positive vibes from shazam yeah nothing uh what's what's my phrase mike doesn't offend me 
didn't offend me at the end of <laughs> Doesn't the Doesn't offend Chris. However, this next movie offended Mike. Uh, <laughs> Hellboy. Hell I, again, I can't say I've, I've revisited this one either. Uh, I, I I will never forget um, Ian McShane's very detailed head on that gooey, amorphous <laughs> ghost body coming Oh, out. yeah. I and, forgot and like, about that. That looks horrible. Uh, <sighs> but... You know, we have seen uh, David Harbour, you know, Stranger Things this year. He he was such a good Hellboy. I liked his version of Hellboy. I, I know it's not the Ron Perlman version, um, but it aligns more with the comic books I, I've, I've read. So I was I very much liked him. And uh, I'm glad we get to revisit David Harbour in comic books this year with, you know, Black Widow coming up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, no one's going to be talking um about the the merits of hellboy yeah i think there was two standout memories from that film to me uh one of them was there was a, maybe like a at the end of the second act where there's a um a collision of them at a tree on a hill does that sound right or was that at the end of the movie yeah, yeah i don't well, remember it's, i think it's at the end of the second act uh kind of started the third where like you know they're at the top of that hill looking over the town or whatever. Yeah, and they bring like the they bring back like the Blood Queen or whatever she was. Yeah, yeah. They bring back they like bring her back sisters or something and then like somebody stabs somebody and I was just like this is just this is oh wow, this is a movie. But actually one standout thing is I follow the Stan Winston school on Instagram and they're like the old school special effects cre- creature shop that's uh, been around for a really really long uh, time. They designed Iron Man's initial armor in Iron Man 1. Uh, oh, so we cool. can thank them for that. Yeah, good to know. Uh, but they kind of did their top nine practical effects of, I think, 2019, and they actually put Hellboy on there. So uh, by all accounts, uh, the Hellboy himself, the character removed from the movie, was very, very good, and I would agree with that. So it, it's actually a shame that, that it fell the way it did. Probably won't see Hellboy for a long time now, or maybe just a couple years, and then he'll probably be like an HBO Max show or put something. Put him now. on a series. Put him yeah. on a series. I mean, it's it works for for other people. Let's let's try that out for. Yeah. for he's a just while. like the he's just like the perfect creature of the week type of guy. Like just it, let him go fight one every week. Exactly, and you know, I, again, I know again in nineteen, one of my favorite shows actually was The Witcher, and I know you've not watched it, so I'm not gonna say anything. But like the serialized storytelling of that. He's a monster hunter. Would work mm-hmm. great with, with Hellboy. So 100% yeah. agree with that. But stay tuned. Stay subscribed. Uh, I'm going to binge as much as The Witcher as possible. And I think we're going to talk. We're going to talk at least initial thoughts yeah. when we record our normal uh, news episode, uh, which will be just in a couple days. Yep. Uh, next big movie. Huge success of the year. Of the decade, Mike. Yes. I think Avengers Endgame um, mm. was able to do so much and Honestly, I mean, yes, we could probably nitpick some things, but at the end of the day, I there's nothing in the end game. I'm like, well, that didn't work or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I I really, truly uh, enjoy in game for what it is and what it did for us. And and literally, I was thinking about only two Marvel movies did not happen within twenty uh, ten to twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Man one and uh, the, the Incredible Hulk. Everything else yeah. was within that ten years. So yeah. Very much defined, I would say, uh, cinema for that decade. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think we're going to be talking about like 2010 uh, highlights here yeah. in a little bit. So I'll I'll just say uh, when it came to Avengers Endgame, um, I think a lot of people really gravitate towards the Iron Man snap. Like that's their moment of the film. Very much deserved. But I think my personal favorite moment is when Cap finally picked up the hammer. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's something that I was just begging for like the last 12 years. Like he's going to pick that hammer up at some but- point in time and who when it happened i mean it was 
the emotions <laughs> overwhelming me. I was I was in, inconsolable. The the that last battle, all the fan service they were able to do in there without making it feel heavy handed. That mm-hmm. just superb. Awesome. And you know, and you know, it's great. Uh, I haven't rewatched it yet because I was waiting for Infinity War to drop on Disney Plus, which I believe just just happened, right? Yes, uh, uh, the 26th. just the other day. Yeah. So now I can watch them back to back, streaming in in the comfort of my own home, and oh, I can't wait to do back to back with mm-hmm. those. Uh, I also want to point out a fun fact about Endgame. Um, the again, the Iron Man and Hulk were the first two movies that came out the same year, two thousand eight, for MCU. Mm-hmm. They were the only two heroes to snap the gauntlet in Endgame. Oh, hey, I bet that's just a coincidence. I bet it is as well, but it's a fun (laughs) little fact. Um, Next up, uh, the last Fox X-Men movie that we will probably remember (sighs) talk about uh, was the forgettable, uh, the biggest offense it has, Dark Phoenix. Ouch. Um, (laughs) I don't remember. There was a party in the woods at some point, (laughs) I think, and that's about as far as I go. And I, I think after the film, we were like, how old were these people? Uh-huh. Like, are they're it's supposed to be like the 80s now. They're not supposed to be teenagers anymore. And honestly, my only takeaway from Dark Phoenix was just uh, just despair. I don't think I got any enjoyment <laughs> out of that movie. You you could probably counter, counter, uh, counter my uh, thoughts by going back and listening to the spoiler review. There might be something I liked out of it, but this far removed, I, I'm probably never going to revisit that movie again. Well, I, I think that the train scene when um, Nightcrawler went off the rails and was like actually was attacking people was kind of cool but I don't remember anything else um, when you talk about going out with a whimper uh, this is <laughs> this is the franchise right here for you Yikes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then we picked up with the uh, Spider-Man sequel Far From Home where they gotta mm-hmm. go to Europe introduce us to Mysterio uh, kind of, you know, traverse the world a little bit. You know, we've been in America for a lot of these movies, so this was the first time we kind of got to go out a little bit and and see some other sites. And um, I, I, I really, I some people, I don't think people are upset about the Mysterio reveal. I just wish we had more Mysterio. Um, I really liked him as a character. Jake Gyllenhaal really sold it as like he is just a conniving actor mm-hmm. who wants to be like, look at me, kind of thing, and. I really enjoyed that character, and I hope he's not gone for good. Yeah, great, great twist. A unique movie moment that I've never experienced before where I was actually not enjoying the movie because I thought the relationship between uh, Mysterio and and uh, Peter Parker was just very odd. It just felt very forced, and I was like, well, why are they best friends all of a sudden? This doesn't make any sense. And then when the twist happened, I was like, this is great. <laughs> like, this was literally the only thing that they could have done to save the movie for me, and it and it absolutely worked. So I will always remember that moment when I think of Spider Man. And then also, I guess the the ending cuts, uh, the ending uh, credit scene with uh, with Sword coming into yeah, play, which with, I, with I've Nick, always really dug the space stations. Yeah, and Nick Fury literally being in space for mm-hmm. who knows how long at this point. Uh, so yeah, Spider Man, uh, the last uh, MCU movie of the the decade, I guess, in the mm-hmm. phase. Three, yeah, at the end of it there, and it had the time jump. It was bold enough to do the five-year time jump, Mike, without uh-huh. you know really throwing us for a loop. Uh, months later, we got the the curious Joker movie. <laughs> curious <laughs> well, is the best word that I could use here. I mean, uh, I haven't seen Cats yet, so I don't have any sort of marker there. But would you say Joker may have been the biggest surprise of the year? Uh, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be that good. I. Mm, man, that that's a tough call. I, I it, it's so it is good, but you know, is it 
what is it as good as people make it out to be to me? I, well, I guess I, I guess I should rephrase. Yeah. Not surprise because Cats is a, I hear nothing but a bad. Well, that's movie. a I shock. Biggest, <laughs> biggest shock. Yeah, yeah, Cat. Like the Joker, I was shocked that it was good. I I don't know. I mean, I I wasn't really shocked that it was good. I, I think you know for that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm indifferent on the Joker at the end of the day. Like I think it's okay. I think it's a. Uh, a, a fine taste of cinema, but I, again, I will always want an actual comic book Joker and not Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I guess is, is uh-huh. when you know, get my takeaway. We, we talked about that on, on our review. So, um, just last week, two weeks ago, I feel uh, we we had the yet again another divisive Star Wars film. Uh, the, I would say, do you think this is more divisive than the Last Jedi? Uh or do you think it's cl- it feels close, but I feel like one of them's got to be more than the other. I and think, maybe it's maybe it maybe we need another year to figure it out. I think know? it's the other. I mean, I think it's the Last Jedi because people are still talking about that movie even after this one. Everyone's like, "Well, why is Rose in the Force Awakens or the Last Jedi?" I'm like, "Why does it matter? We're we're two years in another movie beyond that. We don't have to talk about." It. I think I think the Last Jedi really rubbed people the wrong way, man. Oh. It's funny. It sounds like we both have the same opinions about Rose, but for a totally different reason. Whereas, like, uh, you're just like, well, yeah, Rose wasn't really in the movie that much because it, it's been two years. And I'm at the sa- at the same time, I'm like, well, I don't care either because I didn't like the movie. So yeah. more Rose wouldn't have made the movie better for me. So right. It's, it's, it's we can we can both uh, come together with our Venn diagram about Rose. But but like it's like people are still. Ta- I guess I mean not necessarily my take, but people were still talking about that like two to me two days ago about the Last mm. Jedi. I'm like. Why? Why? Why are you still talking the Last Jedi? That's we're we're moved past. So I, I think it's divisive. But again, we have the the third uh, another Star Wars trilogy wrapped up yet again. Uh, so the third time a, a trilogy is wrapped up in Star Wars. So yes, please go uh, listen to the the. the... <laughs> relatively fresh uh argument chris and i had about this movie uh no need to rehash it right here but uh stay subscribed i'm sure whenever we get more star wars news going forward we will yell at each other just a little bit we we, we will we will we will bring our opinions back to the forefront Mm -hmm. uh and i also forgot we did this review it wasn't i didn't put our notes until later um pokemon detective pikachu was out this year yeah i i still have i still have good vibes off of this movie there's there's fun stuff happening there i don't know how you get ryan reynolds back into pikachu for a sequel but i very much want another one uh uh, (laughs) speaking of ryan reynolds uh, i watched a six underground on Mm -hmm. the flight uh back home for the holidays and that is a rough it's a rough movie there's a lot of action in it that's for sure. Maybe don't watch it on an iPad on a plane like I did. If you have like a big dumb TV, like an 80 inch OLED, that, that could be really fun uh, to watch it on there. Because I felt like the first action scene went on for like an hour. Was that the, was like, the car chase? Or? Yeah, I was like, this is going on forever. Like 30 cars have flipped already. There's been like a million bullets fired, and I we haven't even seen the opening title sequence yet. I, I heard a lot of people liked it just for that scene that sequence, like in terms of filmmaking, but like beyond that it was not that good. So Oh yeah. Story uh, story's a big old stinker. So uh Ryan Reynolds, uh, it's still his year. He's still just been doing nothing but awesome stuff. Yeah, it's like hiring the Peloton lady to be in his gin commercial. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Like literally the week after the Peloton commercial was out, that was that was such a quick turnaround. Um, but yeah, so those were the reviews we did this year. Um, now some other movies we watched, we might have talked about in, in separately. Um, 
I for, uh, John Wick 3 came out this oh, year. Oh, yes. Two thumbs up. I've watched that uh, a couple more times. And mostly in passing, but I, but I have seen that. Toy Story 3 came... Or, not 3. Toy Story 4 came out this year. Sorry. Um, Toy, Toy Story 4 is a juggernaut of a franchise because I got to see a lot of younger... Uh, a lot of younger nieces and uh, nephews over the holiday that are they're very much little tykes and they they absolutely love sto- Toy Story so they know all the characters uh, they know Jesse Woody all of them so it's just crazy how I watched the first Toy Story when I was relatively young and then now young kids still like it just as much so uh, man talk about a franchise yeah. that spans and it was a movie where I think we both said like there's no like what can you do with this movie. It, it, there's nothing left here in these toys. And then all of a sudden they, they made a movie that made sense out of it. Like mm-hmm. weirdly enough. And I think toy story four has longevity in terms of short series and not films because what is on Disney plus Forky asked a question. Um, I think in 2020 there's a Bo peep series with like the lamp, like the, oh. the lamps, the uh, lambs are coming out. So um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to go into that kind of little toy story shorts. kind of thing. Did they make that joke in toy story four about how she was out on the lamb? Uh, but Probably. no, that mean that would be no, because doesn't that mean when you're running from the cops? Yeah, but so. she, but she was running from like the toy store doll, the the creepy oh, doll. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the, basically, the the joke is there. You just got to make it Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah they'll, they'll find it. They'll figure it out. Um, did you end up watching The Lighthouse or not? I couldn't remember. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I was just trying to think of uh, other movies I watched this year that maybe. Uh, that maybe uh, I didn't see or you didn't see. And I was like, okay, well, Chris went and saw the auteur film of The Lighthouse <laughs> while I went and saw Hobbs and Shaw. So I think maybe Chris is making the better decisions here. I, I did, I've not seen Hobbs and Shaw yet. Um, <laughs> someone asked me the other day, is there any other movie series with nine films in it? Because they were talking about Star Wars. So I'm like, mm-hmm. Fast and Furious was immediately the first one I went to. I'm like, <laughs> easily, hands down. Um, James Bond has 25 and... You know, I count the Marvels as a series because you, you got to watch them all. But oh yeah, for um, sure, I count them as a series. And, and the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, not just Harry Potter movies, has I think seven, nine, yeah, nine, nine, nine with the tenth coming out, right? Uh, yeah, no, no, there's eight, eight. Yeah, there's eight films because there's seven books. Uh, and two one, parter for the last one, and then there's two. There's actually two, so there's ten. Because it was yeah, yeah, yep, ten. You're right. So. Um, yeah, so anyway, that, that was it. So I saw The Lighthouse. I am I'm still don't know how the ending feels, but it is a very well-made movie. I will I will easily give it that. This was the film here, Mike, that made me realize that it came out this year and I forgot all about it. <laughs> Lego Movie 2. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if uh, we talked about it in our last news episode since it's been a little bit, but I think maybe the news broke afterwards, but uh, Warner Brothers and Lego, they've, they've severed their feature ties. I don't know if maybe they'll be, they'll continue to do like, you know, streaming TV shows with Lego properties, because I feel like those kind of always exist. But yeah, there's no more movies planned. Yeah. They're all done. They've wrapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I mean, I, I heard, you know, Lego movie was great. Lego Batman was funny. Uh, the one we didn't see, Ninjago, I heard was great, but everything beyond that was just crap. <laughs> I mean, ov- obviously, uh, this wasn't because of the Playmobile is a different thing, but I mean, that was one of the worst bombs 
ever and maybe lego was just like yeah maybe this is a good time to go out just because uh i mean obviously they can make a better movie than playmobile what the uh, hell was but... <laughs> with the time traveling legos in in this movie you, you it remember just, it just got too meta it got way too meta which i think phil or and chris miller love doing that kind of stuff but with this property it just got too weird i was like okay are these legos actually real what's happening here and the first movie it was kind of like they were personified as being real and this was just kind of you imagine that I guess the movie kind of actually happened as if humans might have been playing with the Legos because yeah. I think that's what they alluded to. But in this second one, they went like full Toy Story of sentience, but it was like almost like a Toy Story origin but, story. But there like, was a Lego sent back <laughs> through time because he went under the dryer or something. Oh, yeah. Shit like Would, that? Yeah, that's extra weird. That's like adding time travel to a Toy Story movie, oh, which yeah. is like that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I forgot that even came out this year. Uh, thumb, thumbs down from us. That, that's for yeah. sure. I mean, it, 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 I don't remember it being awful, but I, I definitely wasn't clamoring for more of that. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty bad. It was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, I would also say the same thing for *Brightburn*. I think this is going to maybe divide some people here. Um, the, the James Gunn produced um, *What If Superman as a Kid Was Evil* kind of thing. It's not coming a mile away. Like this, this movie was not very surprising to me. Um, the the kid actor who played the the crazy Superman wasn't very convincing. It was just dumb. I, I really yeah. don't care for. I, I guess it's good. I guess it's good. I didn't see it. Dodged yeah. a bullet there. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla King of Monsters was this year. I will tell you, there's nothing better than seeing Godzilla fight King Ghidorah. That scene <laughs> is, is awesome. Both times he he fights him. You you watch it right. No, I still haven't seen any of these Godzilla movies, and I keep meaning to get around to it. I feel like for a brief amount of time they stream somewhere, but then I miss it because the next franch- the next movie in the franchise comes out and they take it off streaming. But I feel like at this point in time I'm just not going to watch him, and I'm just going to wait until he fights uh, King Kong, and I'll just go watch that movie because oh. uh, I don't I don't think I'm going to need the prereqs. But uh, I remember the trailer for King of Monsters having some cool – like. Sounds like they came up with some cool lore for the reason yeah. these monsters are around. So, yeah, I, I feel like this could be like maybe a fun sun afternoon, Sunday afternoon movie well, if it's streaming somewhere. If you've got one and then immediately followed by this one, it's going to be much better, I think, rather than waiting a couple years. Uh, mm-hmm. My brother bought a projector and he had it on 300 inch, and that's what we watched to break it in in the 4K HDR was the Godzilla Ooh, versus Ghidorah fight nice. because it was. That's nice. It was good. It was very good. Uh, Men in Black International, um, when a franchise tries to come back to life and f- fails horribly, even if, even though it's got great actors, it's got you know Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, you know they got that chemistry in Thor Ragnarok. Did not carry it over to this movie at all. So nope. It's uh, is, is that maybe a signal towards the death of the movie star? Is just because you got well-known people in your film doesn't mean it's going to be successful. I mean, because even you could make bad movies with big actors, but usually at least they make money. But I, I don't remember Men in Black yeah. International like cranking out the dough. Yeah, it did not. I've got box office mojo pull up here with the top movies of the year, and that was 29th uh, overall Ooh. this year. I uh, mean, that should have this should have been a big franchise. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nope. you thought you, you thought you could. And lastly, I saw this for free, and I want my money back. Stuber. <laughs> ah, what a bummer. I love Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah. He's going to be in the Eternals. He's jacked now. Did we talk about that on the show, about how he's, like, super buff? And I couldn't even – at first when I saw the picture he tweeted uh, that he was buff, uh, I thought it was it, Photoshopped. He <laughs> came out the week we didn't do a, a news episode. So we, oh, we haven't yeah. talked about it yet. But I mean, yeah. they've got him unbelievably fit for Eternals. 
Oh, yeah, he is buff. I don't know exactly if his character has a reason to take his shirt off, but seems like he's going to get his uh, thirsty uh, shirtless moment in that film at some point in time. But, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of Kumail, but, yeah, uh, ugh, had um, uh, Dave <laughs> Bautista in it, too. Yeah, uh, they seem to have maybe good off-screen chemistry, uh-huh. uh, but not on not in this movie. The, 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 the actors were fine. The writing was bad. Mm-hmm. There was, like, the the jerk at the like the outdoor world place he he worked at and he's like now we're best friends because he came into the store and he was just like a a mean guy i don't know what happened like <laughs> i again it's all for free and i, I feel ripped mm-hmm. off so but. You know, I'll give a recommendation because I feel like maybe Stuber will be one of those movies people will forget about and then maybe they'll see it. If Bargain Bin still exists in the future, maybe they'll see it and try to watch it and be like, oh, maybe this is a gem. Stuber's not a hidden gem. What a real hidden gem is is Mouse Hunt. I don't know, oh, Chris, if you've seen Mouse Hunt, uh, but oh, – I've seen I, Mouse Hunt. It's it's just a treasured film. We, I, I love it. It's we great. Have, um, we have – someone discovered a mouse in our work office recently. Uh, so the next day Black Diamond was in there and these traps everywhere and I'm – immediately thinking mouse hunt myself. <laughs> it's just great it's it's full of a bunch of like slapstick physical humor nathan lane's in yep. it he's great i totally forgot christopher walken shows up as an exterminator the it's 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 a 1997 film so the special effects they they do a good job because the only thing they really ever have to uh, computer generate is the mouse every once in a while but uh i shared a scene that i thought was just like perfect on twitter uh, i tried to my best to bootleg it but since the movie's so old, it's like a four by three ratio. So just go watch the movie. I think it's streaming on Amazon and Hulu. Uh, uh, hopefully they still are because it's the first of the year. Some things are leaving, some things are going different places. But yeah. go watch Mouse Hunt instead of Stuber. Yeah, all you Much people better. who wanted to watch Friends, gone now. Can't get yeah, on Netflix. for five for five months, you got to wait for HBO Max, everybody. Yeah. So um, that's a look back on, on on this year alone. I think I want to take a quick stroll through the past ten years. If you got if you got a second, Mike. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The past ten years, the Avengers series, I think, is the number one standout mm-hmm. to me. I, when I knew we were doing this episode, I started thinking during my travels over the last ten days of what are some moments that I would pull out. And the first Avengers movie, for yeah. sure. Uh, I went to go see that in theaters. Just the feeling I walked out of that movie with was just like, yes, it absolutely worked. This is great. I can't wait to see what happens after this. I didn't know who or what a Thanos was uh, when I saw the end credit scene, so I had to go do a bunch of research. I bought the Infinity Gauntlet uh a big collection like right after that movie i'm sure like a lot of people did read right through that but yeah that whole feeling was just that movie was just great those moments that that movie was just full of amazing moments that i feel like i can still if i concentrate i can picture the seat i was in in that movie theater <laughs> who was sitting around me just the little banter i had with people when i left the movie theater just talking to random strangers about it but whew, man that first avengers movie was that, solid that's an event i got to see that movie two weeks early um in chicago and i remember waiting in line for hours because if you didn't get there like they overbooked it you know so it'd be full you can't take your cell phone in. You have to leave your cell phone outside. Uh, and they wave you down with wands to find them. And then when Coulson gets killed, this group of girls beside me was bawling their eyes out. <laughs> I will never forget that. Um, definitely a, a film that, that kicked off, you know, the, the, the hey, crossover films can work. And, you know, we had four Total Avengers movies in, in just, you know, seven years total. So um, that's just 
fantastic. I, I think I think that's a huge highlight. Um, in terms of other superhero movies, I think uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier changed the way Marvel movies were made. I feel. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Right around that film, it was the first time that I was seeing articles and hot takes where people were mentioning, okay, Marvel's going to start making movies in the vein of other genres. So you could argue that maybe some of the movies before that were in other in other genres, but this one felt very like very clear. Like this is a political thriller. The introdu- the introduction to the Russo brothers yep. in the MCU. Who knows? Maybe they could have done like punch up on scripts that we don't know about. But this was their first like, hey, guess what, man? We can really do it. Yeah, yeah. And I would say they, they even were able to follow up with a successful sequel of, of sorts with Civil War as well. Like, yeah. like we can take more characters, and then that gave them the reins to <laughs> do Avengers. Civil War was a great film, but it's the most confusing MCU film for me because it's basically Avengers uh, two point five. 2.5. I get confused if it was a Captain America movie or not. And also a very pivotal inflection point for the series because Black Widow's happening right after that film. Mm-hmm. The Avengers break up. So it's a big it's a big bookmark. It's like a big earmark in the story of the MCU. And I always forget, when did it happen? What movie well, came out before? What happened after it? So it's, it's a little confusing. I feel, well, I mean, it's the one before that is, is technically um, Ant-Man but I think it, Age of Ultron takes place chronologically, beforehand um and i feel that i remember you you're not age of ultron is your your least favorite avengers movie uh yes. i think it is I, I think you know it even sits lower on a list in, in terms of the mcu films so i think you know making this avengers 2.5 makes up for that for you a little bit um mm-hmm. and this was the first time we got spider-man in the mcu oh yeah and that, black panther I- yeah, I would say almost the biggest moment out of Civil War was the trailer mm-hmm. when we finally got to see Spider-Man because back then, baby, we didn't know if it would ever happen. We thought Sony was just going to be money-grubbing and just uh, they decided to be m- money-grubbing in the smart way of let uh, Disney do all the work and they can just cash the checks. Uh yeah, great movie. I want to see the raft come back. It doesn't yeah. have to be in a. It doesn't have to be in a big capacity, but give me like a Disney Plus series where at least the characters go to the raft for at least an episode. I want to see the ins and outs of it. Well, I I want to see real love. villains in it. Like that's yeah. the cameos we want to see. Like yeah. oh, these B list villains are out there somewhere in this raft. Yeah. I'm in I'm in love with prison break movies or TV shows. So give me like a prison break sequence to just rival a lot of other ones and they could pay kind of homage to the uh the Shield TV show mm-hmm. where maybe they put some of those villains in the raft and well, we kind of just see them in the background. It, you know? it could I mean this is could be a great thing for Hawkeye uh series possibly. Um, oh yeah. Cuz he tactically I don't. I mean, he was in there. I don't know if you go back and work for him, but he was a Shield agent, and you know, he he was tasked to bring in Black Widow. You know, before he he turned her to the good side. You know, so uh, maybe that's that show. He's like, hey, I need a new Archer to help me go take down some of these prison breakouts. But but I think I think those are two two Captain America movies really really changed the world's view on on Captain America uh, mm-hmm. as a whole. Uh, Deadpool. Uh, Again, breaking down walls with the R-rated comedy, the fourth wall-breaking character. It shouldn't have worked. It only got made because the pre-visual effects got leaked. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Like, this movie was a perfect storm to get made and then come out and be as good as it was. Oh, and not just... 
and not just the quality of the film, the juggernaut of a rated R movie yeah. making that much money. I mean, this movie is still making waves when it comes to studios going, oh, we can make more adult stuff and still make money. Uh, we're still waiting for Spawn to come out, but mm-hmm. I believe that's going to be rated R. Well, Joker. Um, Joker, that was rated R. Isn't something else going to be rated R that's coming out soon? Uh, is Birds of Prey rated R? Am yes, I making Birds that of, up? Birds of Prey is, yep. Yeah, so like it, that's entirely thanks to Deadpool. And I know we, we give all of the credit to Deadpool, but a year beforehand, the Kingsman came out, yeah. and that was also rated R, Did but it didn't make – it was softer waves. It, Still it, waves that you could technically, I think, boogie board on, but you couldn't quite surf well, on them, you know? Kingsman, I think, paved the way for Joker, whereas Deadpool more paved the way for Harley Quinn to be – that way because it's like it's raunchy r-rated where kingsman is not the raunchy version of it so um i i think deadpool i mean we 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 are now um we're going to talk about it on our regular show but deadpool 3 is in the works at at, at disney uh mm-hmm. marvel so you know we're, we're we're just moving right along with the deadpool franchise mm-hmm. i know i don't hold these up to, to high standards they're not being made anymore but i also have to give props to the netflix series specifically daredevil and jessica jones for turning superhero TV into something cool, yeah, cool and prestigious. Well, it, while it didn't, it, it eventually, you know, to use the phrase, it petered out, and by the end of it, you know, um, Luke Cage and Iron Fist were rushed. Uh, again, I really liked the first half of Luke Cage. <laughs> like I, I will say that forever. But you know, once that that second half started, that back half sucked. Iron Fist sucked. Defenders didn't live up to the hype. It just kind of tanked, but like the the first year, the Daredevil and Jessica Jones, we were like, "Oh my gosh, dark, real superhero television shows like yeah. can happen." They they started off doing everything right. I remember they had a press conference in New York where they said all of this is going to be filmed in New York. None of this Georgia crap where we shoot it to make it look like New York. Uh, they really went for it. They 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 tried to talk about the events of the Battle of New York in a vague way so they could still kind of tighten in the MCU. But yeah, like you said, it just started to gradually fall apart and who knows who is exactly to blame. But the way it was couldn't exist forever. So I almost wish if we could go back in time after season one of all of these shows that I could tell them this is the date where you're not where you're going to stop making all of these shows. So this is the this is the end game. This is the road for you. And then now plan everything going forward. And I think everything would have been catastrophically better. Uh, catastrophically is the wrong word. Uh, that's the word that you use to describe the first season right. of Iron Fist. Uh, but e- yeah, even this even even season two of Luke Cage is uh, somewhat forgettable. The only thing I remember is Bushmaster talking like a Jamaican. And then at the very end of Luke Cage season two spoilers, he's like the bad guy. Uh, so it could have been interesting to see what happened in the third season, but eh, yeah, didn't finish, uh, didn't finish the last season, the daredevil. I heard it was good. I, I think I only watched the first episode of the last season of Jessica Jones, but like, it's just hard to invest yourself in something that, you know, is done. Yeah. And, and you know, the way again Netflix was at that time, thirteen episodes. You had what three fillers, at least four filler mm-hmm. episodes. So, so what, what do you do with that? Um, and it just kind of, I, I get, I'll, I'll give the Punisher some credit. It actually kind of re revitalized me with that first season of the Punisher. I really liked sure. that, but yeah, th- not much else. Not much else there anymore. <laughs> uh, and th- those are those are wrapped up in any other, you know, Marvel television program as well. Uh, we talked about Kingsman bringing the R-rated um, comic book property. Also, um, kind of bringing in the unknown comic book property 
to the forefront. I mean, I think this has also led the way to the Umbrella Academy, you know, Lock and Key, these other kind of series. I know they're not movies, oh, but yeah. like... I, di- I didn't even think about that angle of, yeah, the, the proven uh, success of Kingsman probably did launch a lot of more independent stuff. I'm sure those things were already being looked at because you, Hollywood was just trying to mine everything comic book this decade since the MCU is doing so well, but I bet Kingsman helped push a lot yeah. lot of things further. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I was thinking of the boys, like, you know, because the boys and Umbrella Academy, they're, they're, they, they would be R-rated if they were movies. So, mm-hmm. like, they, they make them real. They don't make them goofy, um, stuff like that. And maybe even Preacher. I don't know. I don't know what the production schedule like was that big Kingsman. But I definitely will um, gotta give Kingsman a shout-out there. Uh, in that regard, also, we talk, I, I always forget this is R-rated. Logan. Um, wow, that was – oh, I was going to say that was 2019. No, just in the last, uh, last 10, 10 years. years. Logan, so um, – um, a Wolverine franchise that started off on a all-time low with Origins, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so bad they, they they still make fun of it, even in the Deadpool movies. Have you ever gone back and watched the what was it called? Just Wolverine? The Wolverine? The one, I lo- the one where he goes to Japan? I think it's better than Logan, and uh, people are gonna light me up for that one. But I think it's better than mm. Logan. Um, I mean that that actually kind of makes me want to go back and rewatch it because I remember after I, I after I saw it, I was like, yeah, there was some cool stuff that happened in this movie. The, I know people were really upset about the samurai guy because he wasn't faithful to the comic books, but I was like, still kind of a cool samurai robot thing. That was cool, but I'd never revisited it after that. So uh, the bullet I, train I, sequence is awesome so much that I feel like they copied it in Captain Marvel earlier this year with the the train sequences where they were. Oh. So, mm-hmm. so I would I would recommend going back and watching the Wolverine if you get hey, a chance. That, that that might be a really good back to back feature then. Yeah. So and then, but so so I think I think Logan also you know was a very good end cap to a character that's like hey look, we're actually going to kill a character and end a story. Because um, mm-hmm. they really yeah. I mean I guess they did it with Iron Man now but like this was the first time they kind of did that with a a yeah. main actor that, that was pulling the franchise with him, mm-hmm. kicking and screaming. I- and before we leave uh, Wolverine, uh, his podcast, uh, The Long Night and the, the I think it's called The Lost Trail, uh, I, w- I was surprised to see that Marvel fiction podcast would uh, take off, but solid, really good stuff. So uh, they a lot of really good Logan Wolverine stuff this decade. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully uh, a new one in the MCU the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, I, I just watched this. Uh, literally finished it, I think, yesterday, um, maybe two days ago. How do you save Thor? Uh, <laughs> the first Thor's good, right? Serviceable, not best, mm-hmm. but good. The Dark World is atrocious, um, by all means. And then how do you bring Thor back? How do you make the Hulk relevant? You put them together, you send them to space, and you give them to Taika Waititi. And, and <laughs> Thor Ragnarok made it fun. He made it action. It was this comedy in this. Like, There's jokes left and right in this movie. And I think Thor Ragnarok saved the course of Thor enough so much that he is one of the only main three getting a fourth movie going forward in phase four. Yeah, I mean, uh, Thor 2 was a very predictable kind of, I would say, boilerplate movie. That was oddly the first thing I watched when I got Disney Plus because I just needed something on in the background. And I was like, oh, I would never have bought uh, Thor The Dark World. So now I can stream it for free. And when I watched it, I was like, this doesn't like it, it. It doesn't make me mad kind of like how 
Age of Ultron makes me mad when I watch it. But there's just there's not really a lot of memorable stuff in there. The, the tone just, is all over the place. It's yeah, like, the, I wouldn't exactly say there's a sky beam involved, but it kind of seems it has like a sky beam esque type of finale. <laughs> so it just kind of seemed like that was the definition of where the Marvel movies the Marvel movies could have gone that way. But luckily, they pivoted to do more unique things per film. So that, it almost seems like a last vestige of kind of like that that early Marvel. It, you know? it was. That was the last movie made by committee at Marvel Studios before Disney said, Kevin Feige can run the whole show. He doesn't have to run it through Marvel Entertainment anymore. So mm-hmm. the Dark World was almost the, the ending of everything good. Um, but Ragnarok, I feel, brought, really brought it back in, in ways that were was surprising all around. Yeah, fun. And I, 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 we brought it up on the news episode, I think, a couple weeks ago, but I totally forgot that Beta Ray Bill was on the outside yes. of the building. So I, now it re- reinvigorates hopes that maybe we'll see uh, we'll see Billy here in the future. Yeah, the, that old horse face cyborg dude. Um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. We've had three versions of Spider-Man this decade, okay? Andrew Garfield, if you remember, had two movies. Um, most people forgot about him. Tom Holland has really revitalized the live-action version, made it a great Spider-Man. Uh-huh. But Into the Spider-Verse, Mike, I think would say is your biggest surprise of the oh, past 10 years. absolutely. You can find us talk about the first announcement of this movie uh, somewhere on the podcast, because I think we've kind of tracked this through this entire production. Remember, we first brought yep. it up. We we're like, what is going on here? And I think the biggest problem was is we didn't know what Sony was doing to begin with with Spider-Man in general. Uh, at that time, we didn't really have Tom Holland yet. So we were just like, Sony, what are you doing? What we actually want is a real Spider-Man playing around uh, with uh, Iron Man and, and uh, Captain America. That's what we want. We don't want this random animated stuff. And we had only ever seen Marvel animated things as TV shows or like kind of like the one-off movies that you could buy on DVD or whatever. Yeah. So that's why we were so concerned. We just didn't know what it was. And then I feel like a year later, we talked about how they did some sort of like uh, secret screening for like uh, shareholders or, or uh, investors. And they were just like shocked. They were surprised at how unique and different it was. So that's when I kind of started looking up a little bit and – Man, once we got that first trailer, once I saw the film, I, it's amazing. I got the art book uh, as a gift over the holidays, and it's just beautiful. Well, Everything about the movie is amazing. Uh, you can stream it on Netflix. I guess that's one of the that's been one of the bonuses of it kind of being a Sony property. They don't have their own streaming service yet, so if you have Netflix, you can just kind of go watch it however much you want, just over there on Netflix. Well, also with that, I mean, even the song Sunflower. By, by Post Malone. It was like one of the biggest songs of this year. Oh, yeah. Of it's so catchy. Um, the, the mu- What's Up Danger? I like that song too. Yeah. The music is great. The art style is unique. Uh, we talked, I mean, we, I've seen the videos where they're like the frame rate for each character from a different universe is different because they're trying to show how awkward it is versus the smooth swinging of another Spider Man. Like the thought and love that went into that movie is surprising. Oh, yeah. And that was. Um... Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller as yep. well. No, I'm yeah, yeah, no, yes, 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 yes. Sorry, I get them. I get their names confused with um, 
with uh, yep. <laughs> a Winter Soldier guys. Yeah, yeah, Russo, Russo brothers. brothers. Yeah. There's Russo brothers, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and then there's also the Duffer brothers. Maybe this was the decade for directing creative duos. You know, if you're a creative duo out there, you need to get yourself to Hollywood because uh, they've been pretty successful out there. Uh, even the Wachowskis came back with um, Sense8, and I heard people really, really dug Sense8. Uh, the I guess they're making yeah. more Matrix stuff. I don't well, know what's going to happen Only one there. of them is part of the Matrix going forward. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. So. I got to imagine the other one at least reads the scripts and gives notes just because and they're they just related. Take, they just take the checks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, great. Uh, yeah, there's so much craft in that movie, which is why it's so amazing. So I can't wait to see what they do with that franchise. And I, I, I wholly trust this animated universe that I hope it expands. Yeah. And lastly, one of the biggest things of the past 10 years is very recent, very dear, is the advent of Disney Plus as a streaming service mm-hmm. and the gift of The Mandalorian. Yeah, we haven't talked about The Mandalorian since the season ended, but I guess maybe we should... Should we say that for the news episode? We'll say for Can the news episode, but like, like Star Wars, a live-action Star Wars television show, um, bringing the Star Wars fandom together, unlike the movies are doing, um, mm-hmm. and, and giving us... you know characters that are essentially internet memes that everyone knows whether they've seen the show or not and um uh, just just a fantastic show production quality giving me hope for future disney plus projects yes extreme quality put behind this uh it wasn't just a throwaway because honestly you could have made a throwaway star wars tv show because the ip is so strong you could have probably cut some corners and still made your money uh, but yeah, like you said, uh, memes everywhere. Uh, I didn't know this, but The Mandalorian, at least as of a couple of days ago, wasn't streaming in the UK. So there's just people over there uh, that are just like, what is this stuff? I know what a Baby Yoda is now because I can't ignore it. So I'll use this time to to say I'm, I'm very lucky and happy that I live in the, in the country where it streams first. That, that makes it a little bit easier for us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to actually talking more in depth about the series. So another shout out to make sure you're subscribed and we'll be talking about it in a couple of days. Yeah. And, and the future for more shows, whether they're superhero or anything else along the way, just all in one nice little neat package that you can navigate pretty easily. I feel. Yeah. So. I mean, I mean, this is the, I think the perfect opportunity to weave into the, our last topic here, which is 2020 predictions. And I think the easiest one to predict or just to talk about is just, this is going to be the decade of the streaming wars, if you will. Things were kind of just kicking off mm-hmm. this decade, but now, uh, like you said uh, with friends, we got HBO max coming out, um, in I think five months. Quibi's coming out. That could be a dark horse. You never know what's going to happen with Quibi. Viacom and CBS just remerged. Uh, I, I think they even published their logo, which is exactly what you expected as just the two of them kind of smashed together. Uh, so I, I would imagine there could be a streaming service behind that because there's a ton of IP between those two companies. So everything's going to be launching here soon. They're all going to be out there. Everyone's going to have exclusive on-demand content, HBO Max. We're going to have a Green Lantern show there, yep. which is going to be nuts. Uh, so this is going to be the decade of the streaming wars. I got to imagine... One of these streaming services won't be here in 2030. I don't know what it's going to be. Who it, who knows? Maybe Apple like buys Netflix and Apple Plus doesn't really exist anymore, and it just that'll becomes be the first Netflix. one to take. Yeah, I, I think so. It's just it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to be they're, they're, generating a lot of buzz. They're giving it away, and no one's watching it. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard a soul 
a single soul talk about the Jason Momoa Sea Show, which seemed to have been maybe kind of more of the genre that would come in our way because it was like kind of like a fantasy had yeah. freaking Aquaman in it, uh, right off of the right off the tails of Game of Thrones, and no one's talking about it. So yeah, I, that makes sense. If one's gonna go, it's probably gonna be that. But Apple at the same time, they could keep it afloat the entire decade, and they probably would barely lose any money uh, because they got all the money in the world. So. Mm. Decade of the streaming wars for sure. Yeah, exactly. You're going to see a lot more choices. I think, again, like I said, I, I've told people this. We're going to get to the point where you got cable options uh, or, or satellite options, and people are just going to go back to piracy because it's easier. You're going <laughs> to people. Like, it's easier to download this and they go get a service. Do yourselves a favor. Stop telling me that we should go back to cable because it's just going drive, to drive me crazy for the next decade. Just remember how awful commercials are. That's all you have to do. I don't care how you get your content. I guess if you want to pirate it, go ahead and just whatever you do, nobody fall back and lay down and let them roll over you with more commercials because I'm really worried this decade uh, one streaming service is going to have like a free option or a discounted option with commercials. And I feel like Hulu's maybe trying to get away from that, but no more commercials. Get them out of your lives if you have children if you have children this is what you want you don't want your children watching commercials all day every day because they're just going to ask you for shit (laughs) because Mm. that's what commercials are so um there you go streaming wars for 2020 i think uh for 2020 this is a light year for superhero movies all around um uh just looking at our list here i don't think anything's going to surprise us mike uh, all around. I, I don't feel like anything's going to change our worlds, but I do think in the next 10 years, we have to go through three more Marvel phases at, at this rate. And we're going to be looking back in, in, in 10 years and be like, look at the introduction of the fantastic four. Look at the introduction of the X-Men. I think we're going to get one of them this year. Someone in 2020 is going to have an X-Men reference or a fantastic four reference. Yeah, and this is going to be a very exciting decade because so many new characters um, we're getting. Uh, I mean, let's just start rolling them off. We're getting Moon Knight, which I I heard was rumored to possibly be Daniel Radcliffe. Who yeah. knows? Maybe we'll talk about Who, news it, related. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm jumping the gun here. You're jumping the gun. We've got Miss Marvel, <laughs> She Hulk. Um, yeah, again, uh, you know the. The WandaVision show that's tying directly that character is coming into a movie with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. What else we got here? Um, just looking at um, the Eternals. It's a whole cast of characters coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it right now. I'm, I, I'm just I'm not seeing a whole lot. Oh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So yep, and I'm sure there'll be uh, additional people added to there because all of these all of these new new shows and new characters they're all going to have like best friends or they're all going to have iconic enemies yeah. that hopefully maybe all of them don't die and we can keep them pushing forward. So and if you just even if you just add one X Men. Uh, team or one Fantastic Four team to the next decade, that's at the very least like half a dozen people mm-hmm. when it comes to villains and support staff. So, so many new characters to develop. Um, and then just looking forward just to 2020 itself, I'm very, very curious what happens with New Mutants. Just because, just from the business end of things, I just want to know what they do with it. Are they going to try to bury it? Are they going to try to revive um, it? What's happening you, with it? You wait for the show on Monday or Sunday. Wait for this <laughs> week. Wait for this weekend. You're gonna. I've got stuff for you specifically Ooh, regarding New Mutants. Yeah. The I mean I, the redheaded I, stepchild I, of the Fox <laughs> merger that it's not doing anything wrong. It's just 
it, it exists is this problem. Yeah. So. But I'm, but I mean, if, if we were just like touching on these 2020 movies, uh, real quick, uh, Bir- birds of prey, mm-hmm. nothing in the trailers have gotten me particularly excited, but nothing is really, nothing really has me nervous. Right. So I'm trying to be op- optimistic for it. Yep. I, I, I feel like we haven't seen a lot of trailers. I feel mm-hmm. very, very naked on this movie and it's in a month. So, mm-hmm. uh, we'll definitely see that again. You said new mutants, in April, um, Black Widow, looking at like another spy movie thriller yeah. kind of film, Jason Bourne style, kind of modern Bond, looks fun. I think I think it'll be a good movie. There's no reason to for me to worry because Marvel has an amazing track record when it comes to these films. Uh, it, I, I'm curious, maybe if it'll have an emotional ending yeah. because this might be the last that we'll see of Natasha Romanoff. Uh, because it doesn't seem like they're bringing her back to life in any way. Yeah. So, uh, but I don't think there's going to have an overall too much impact to the MCU, but it would be kind of cool. Maybe if they do dig something up uh, that we haven't heard of that moves it, forward. Yeah, or we look at something differently from before. One of the two. And, and honestly, this is where I think Marvel's getting into world hopping because none of this movie looks like it's in America, right? Russia, mm-hmm. Europe, Europe kind of area. So, We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Eternals later being global hopping as well. So, um, the the non um, non New York Marvel movies I think are starting this year as well. Uh, Wonder Woman eighty four. Um, finally, finally, we're back to Wonder Woman. How long has it been? Three years? Four years? Yeah, it it's been a bit. Uh, I'm 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 hoping Patty Jenkins, uh, an excellent filmmaker. Uh, I think she made the Hurt Hurt Locker, right? I think. Yeah. I think that was kind of one of her more claims of fame before she took on Wonder Woman. I like that film. I'm hoping she can overcome the third act superhero problem in Wonder Woman 84. And I think if she does, if everything else in those first two acts are just as good as the first Wonder Woman, uh, she will have excelled. Uh, Pedro Pascal uh, showing up in this. Uh, I love looking at the promo art for this. I look a lot of a lot of superhero promo art because I use it when I make uh, our assets for the show. And the promo art for this movie has been beautiful. Yeah, it's, it looks just like it's right out of the '80s. There's a shopping mall in it. That was big in the '80s. Everybody mm-hmm. loved shopping malls in the '80s. Uh, Ghostbusters: A Return to Ghostbusters. This will be our second Ghostbusters on on the show. Um, <laughs> Who? I right now I'm making the I'm making the the shrugging emoji. Like I don't know. Let's see what happens. Yeah. It's great to not be too attached to the series because I can just go in with my popcorn and soft pretzel bites and just be like, all right, well, what do you have no. to show me? No, no, no. Ecto cooler, Mike. We're getting the ecto cooler. Do not forget that's, that. <laughs> that's got to come back. There's no way it doesn't come yeah, back. Yeah, I right? am so excited to order another case or five of these. So uh, I, I hope they, I hope maybe they, they take a little extra angle. So give us the normal ecto cooler, but I'd like to try it carbonated. Give it to me carbonated. Okay. I mean, I'd love to see another color, maybe like Ooh, a, like, like a okay. grape kind of. So I think, I think we're agreeing. We want some innovation yeah. along the lines of the. Ecto-cooler we love the thing. original. But what can you do for us today? Yes. Uh, the next two Sony movies, Morbius, I've heard nothing on. Uh, Jared mm-hmm. Leto has filmed it. It is done. What 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 is going on with this movie? We don't know. This is a. I this is more nebulous than New Mutants to me because like what that what is this? Yes. <laughs> uh, and then followed uh, by the currently filming uh, Venom two uh, in October uh, with. Um, Oh, what's his Andy name? Andy Circus. Circus. If Andy, if Andy Circus wasn't attached to Venom two, and it was just maybe just any other director, I don't think I would be excited. But uh, just I don't know. He kind of puts a little bit of an X factor to the movie that makes me curious. He, he's uh, he's kind of unhinged. Like I don't know what he's gonna do. But uh, <laughs> so I'm like I'm like 
could could he make this really good? Could he make this really fun? In a world where there's a new Sony Marvel deal, maybe maybe they work something out to make this better and not be so weird. So. <laughs> I feel like with Morbius, there's a plan B. Uh, you know, like you said, they film the movie, and I feel like if the movie's bad, they're gonna edit it. They're gonna edit it in a way where it's standalone, and they can just like leave it, you know, decay yeah. in a in a in an early grave. So, you know, that's probably not the best angle to be coming at into a movie, but. Uh, that's Sony's strategy all around. I don't know what you're talking I, about. I just I don't know. Morbius is. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. Venom Venom Two has the has the biggest chance, um, but you know if they're still filming it right now, will the effects and everything be ready by October? We'll we'll need to see if this is moved or not. Eternals, the new Marvel Studios, essentially they're Guardians of the Galaxy for this year. Uh, new characters, a group of new characters. We talked about Kamal Nanjiani, uh, you know Selma Hayek. Um, uh, what was it? Um, uh, and, Angelina, Jolie. Angelina Jolie. The, uh, but as you as you keep telling me though, you said uh, these are the like the new guardians. But you keep telling me they're Earth based. So now I keep getting confused. Well, well, it's again, it's a a group of people we've never met. Guardians Galaxy introduced to a group of people we never met, rather than just a single hero. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing. Uh, and you know they're they're going to be they they live for thousands of years. They have some nondescript powers, but are like good at really good one, one thing. So are these like the, the gods, the pantheons are based on in, in the world? Are they these characters? What, what are they? Kit, do? uh, Kit Harrington, the black yep. knight, Kit is supposed black to be knight, his, uh, Stark brand, brother, brand new character. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot going on here and a lot of question marks, but, uh, everyone seems to be excited about this over there. So I'm like, I trust you. I trust them. And the other two, uh, the first ever Marvel Studios TV shows that tied directly into the movies, featuring the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the first one, mm-hmm. okay, uh, with short-haired Bucky Barnes with his arm, he's looking good, really like it, and then uh, WandaVision, first announced here, moved up to 2020, from 2021, so um, we will get to a return to uh, Elizabeth Olsen's um, Scarlet Witch character, and... Um, well, I forget the actor's name who played uh, Paul Bettany as uh, the Vision. So uh, I believe these are eight episodes uh, long and currently in production right now. And I'm very excited for these. Yeah, I mean, uh, like we were saying, we got a little bit of a drought now until we kind of get our next premium Disney Plus thing that's really on our radar. Uh-huh. Uh, Mandalorian's over. I st- I've prepaid for Disney Plus for three years, so I'm not too worried about paying it right now since huh. it's already paid up front but i don't really know what i'm gonna watch next i, I think i'm gonna f- i think i'm gonna finish streaming the uh the documentary the imagineering documentary but i guess there's other stuff to explore I- i've heard the high school musical tv series is like really weird and meta yeah. so i might check that out out of sheer curiosity but uh kind of all the nerd stuff all the new nerd stuff uh, is is done with for now right right, right. when well, yeah because the witcher w- was all released at once if you're you wanted to watch that and um I don't know anything new coming out for a little bit. So we're a lock and key. I think is February, I believe. Oh yeah. If we're talking about stuff outside of Disney oh, plus, yeah, yeah, we got lock but, and key, but like you said, in, in terms of nerd stuff, literally everything's in a drought in January. Like we're just kind of mm-hmm. like, what are we doing? Uh, January weird month. Waiting, uh, waiting for birds of prey. And, well, lock and key. what a way to start off uh, 2020 uh, with January where we're getting two bizarre, big budget movies. Dr. Doolittle, which has oh, been uh, pushed and pushed and pushed. So I think there's a reason it's in January. I love the original Dr. Doolittle, the 1950s version, right? I love the books uh-huh. growing up. But this just – I love Robert Downey Jr., but this rubs me the wrong way, man. I, I so, just can't do it. I, I, totally, uh, I, I totally forgot about um, – 
the older Dr. Doolittle movie. I, I have never seen it. Uh, but there was, uh, somebody posted like a, just a small clip from the movie where he has like a goat or something that, uh, that's dressed as a baby that he's carrying around it's a or seal. no, a seal. And, and, a seal. Yeah. and then he, he chucks it off the cliff. So with no context, it's hilarious. I'd never seen yeah. it before. I was like, what is this? He immediately <laughs> goes to jail afterwards. So if that gives you any, Oh, he does. Okay. Wow. Because, well, because someone saw it and they thought he was killing somebody. Oh, and so this, he was like, no, it was like a, a seal. They're like, well, you got no proof. And I'm like, uh, this, this seems like a very bizarre movie. It is awesome. It is fantastic. Uh, you can catch it on Chris flicks if you, if you want to. So. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, uh, and then there, there's a, there's another delayed movie coming out this January underwater, which is, um, which still has TJ Miller in it. So, you know, it's been delayed for a while. So, um, but then there was something else. There's another kind of larger budget movie i'm looking at the list here in january and i'm not seeing it pop out but uh if i remember it i'll let bad you boys for let life it... is what you're thinking bad about. boys that's what is it so is that's the um, are people are we trying to reinvent january right now is this the first year where we try to make january happen no because up until now it's all been hit but like so is bad boys for life bad is that what the studio is saying like did you see bad, the trailer not... <laughs> i i saw it yeah it's, it's not good, no but... <laughs> this is this is not gonna be good this... but i mean it's will smith when's the last time you the, a january will smith movie came out uh, he had gemini man how great did that do mike well, that wasn't January. That's what I know, that's but I'm just I'm saying, saying like that's like, what I'm trying to get at. This might be one of the more expensive Januaries we've seen that we are pretty sure they're all going to fail. So maybe maybe this is just what happens in Hollywood now. Since you have to swing for the fences uh, with these big movies, if they fail, you see them in January. I it well, you know, I as much shit as you give Michael Bay, he did the first two Bad Boys, right? I mean, mm-hmm. great, he didn't do this one. Like, no, he didn't. He, like, these are some people. Like, this is a director duo I've never heard of their names before. You know, it, is Martin Lawrence? Is he put on a little too much weight to be in movies? <laughs> he, this is not the the Mike Lowry. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. He's the funny one. He he can be fat. Uh, not fat. He can be. He can be a little bit more middle aged. <laughs> this this January is still the dumping month. It, it is the month where no one has money because they spend it all on holidays, and they're like, <laughs> well, we got to put it in the theater somewhere. So let's not fight with anybody. <laughs> we got to look at it this way. As soon as Disney ends up eating up another studio, buying another studio, there's only fifty two weekends in a year. Yeah. So if they make more than fifty. Uh, more than 48 movies they'll have to put something in january right yeah well until then this is not the year that i believe it will happen so <laughs> that's my maybe next maybe next decade yeah well we'll look at that i mean february's been changed i'll tell you that right now february has has definitely uh been redeveloped so absolutely so i would agree with that i have no more predictions i have no more commentary mike do you have anything else you'd like to add on the special episode no i th- i think the only thing that we'd we would maybe want to just briefly touch on is 20 uh this next decade this is the year for warner brothers to to really make a statement that they are here and they are coming for your box office dollars disney uh and then just just like all business in general competition's good so i would love i would love at some point in this next next decade a big dc movie comes out a week before or after a big marvel movie just statistically i feel like it's going to happen and i'd like to see warner brothers win um, I'd like to see them win a weekend. Like I'd like to see the title of like the uh, Warner Brothers finally beats Marvel at the box office. Of course, it's going to drive the haters and the fans crazy. Uh, everyone's going to be arguing on social media, yeah. but I'd, I'd like to see that. I think that'll happen in twenty in the next ten years for sure. Yeah, I mean, we've got we've definitely got some 
stuff coming. I think the closest we got the Batman is at the end of June and Spider-Man three is at the beginning of July in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we definitely could see something there, but I, I mean, DC's got to crank out more movies. This is their problems. Like until like a month ago or less than a month ago, we only had like two movies on their schedule through the next like three years. Uh, <laughs> and one was Aquaman two and the other one was DC super pets. So which I don't <laughs> think a, was really, it's a volume business now, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I honestly, I think you know what we're gonna see closer to if it's if it sticks to this uh, in 2022, an untitled Star Wars film opens a week after Aquaman two. Oh, okay, that, yeah, I guess that's that's a big question of what's the next Star Wars. Yeah, thing. what is the next Star Wars thing? Will it be able to to recover from this? Will they keep this date? Will it go up against Aquaman two? I don't know. Will Marvel and, and DC go head to head? I don't know out the gate, but I mean. We we've got some um, chances coming up here uh, to see some some big screen brawls, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's all I got. And that you can find all that stuff. You go superheroslate.com, click upcoming movies and TVs shows, and we have the full list here for the next several years and all the other stuff. Uh, I think through the past like tw- through twenty two thousand eight since uh, Iron yeah. Man started, we just we, we, we put them all in there. Yeah, we do our we do our best to just make it a really nice resource. It's a very easy page to load. No ads, not a bunch of thumbnails for every movie. You know what all these movies look like anyway. You don't need to see the box art from it. Just a very nice itemized list. So if you can be like, oh, when did this movie come out? Scroll down a little bit more. So Command F, uh, yeah. you can find it. Or Control <laughs> yeah, there you go. F, do, a, do a search on the page. You'll you'll see it right away. Yeah, so go go check out that upcoming releases page and. There you go. Another year down the drain, another decade down the drain, another decade coming up. And uh, stay subscribed because what we usually do is we don't make predictions uh, uh, that far forward. We talk about the news every week, and that's our normal episode. Yep. And um, where would uh, – I mean, I don't have this – I'm going to put this in our notes here for, for us real fast. But, I mean, if people wanted to listen to our notes, where would they, where would they find all this at? Oh, it's so easy to do. All you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get to that upcoming releases page so you can see everything that's coming out for the next foreseeable decade. Uh, I don't know. How far do we have? How far do we go out there, 2023 Chris? right now is the f- 2026 is a Star Wars film, but mostly 2023 through untitled movies, yeah. There you go. And Chris just updated this page, and we keep it updated. This isn't some sort of legacy graveyard page, so you can always go back and visit it. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you like to listen to your podcasts. Uh, You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. We obviously heard from a few of you after our Star Wars review, so uh, please reach out. Let us know if you're digging the show and what you want us to talk about did we leave something totally out that should we should be talking about for 2020 or what's your big prediction for the next 10 years in all of this nerd stuff that we talk about so reach out let us know and if you want to be a super fan of the show all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every week especially this coming week with our first episode of 2020 and we've got some news to talk about some we reference here and uh and more so we'll see you guys there All right. Adios. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. It goes by quick. It went by really quick. Cool. I I was happy about that. Cool.